Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another long anticipated episode of the Clean Sweep. I'm your host, Danny Small of EliteSportsNY.com, bringing back Clean Sweep because I've been doing a little bit of writing. I haven't been doing much podcasting on the Nets, but there's a lot to talk about with the Nets right now. Obviously, there's big news always with Kyrie and his situation, but we'll save some of that talk for the end. Today, we're going to start back up with a solo episode, taking it all by myself here, but we're going to try and get through some of the big questions facing the Nets and break down kind of the entire roster all the way through. Um, As of right now, Nets are first place in the Eastern Conference, so despite the up and down season, despite some of the criticism that they've been getting, they're still right there. So I guess... We'll start with the question, where are the Nets right now? Well, first of all, Kevin Durant, he's a cheat code. There's enough said right there. I mean, he's not the, my MVP choice right now through, you know, whatever it is, 25 or so games, because Stephen Curry is just doing unreal stuff back in Golden State. But Kevin Durant is right there behind him. There's really not much we need to go into with Durant. If you've been watching the Nets at all, you probably know all the stats by heart. Uh, you've seen all the big plays. You've seen like the dagger shots, just like the one Tuesday night when the net uh, the Nets came back from down 17 to take out the Mavs. I mean, that's just that's Durant. He's the best player on the planet right now, with the only other guy who I think has an argument is Steph Curry. So you got Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Not a bad place for the Nets to have either the best or second best guy in the world right now. So let's move on to the other star. What about James Harden? Is James Harden going to be able to figure it out? That's one of the big questions facing the Nets. And he is putting up good numbers, obviously, from game to game. He's got a bunch of triple doubles. He's had a few of these games where he kind of lights it up. We're seeing he's we're seeing him adjust to the referees, or we're seeing the referees just kind of give up on all that early season talk about um, freedom of movement plays and and uh, what is a basketball play type thing because uh, he's going to the line more. So we're starting to see maybe a little glimpses of of old school Harden uh, here and there, but for the most part, his his biggest haters they want to bury him right away. He's done. He's fat. He's old. Uh, he's not in shape, he's not not good anymore, he's cooked, but not too long ago, in fact, March of last year, Harden was playing better than anyone else in the NBA. He was a legitimate candidate for MVP, um, 
actually I'll rephrase that. He wasn't legitimate, but he was putting his name into the ring, which after his early season in Houston, that's kind of saying something. So Harden's not far off from being that ridiculous guy. Um, and I personally don't think he's done. I'm not, I, I wouldn't jump on that after, you know, about a quarter of a season. Uh, but we're still waiting for that oh shit moment, that 40-point triple-double uh, where he hits, you know, six, seven threes, that big game where he drops, you know, 15 points, 15 assists, 15 rebounds, and just, you know, flat out dominates. Still haven't seen that yet. And I think a big part of it is just kind of his comfortability out there, whether it's the new guys around him, not having um, Kyrie there, because uh, him and Kyrie played really well together last year, which everyone had a big question about that. But it just, it doesn't, whether it's the hamstring, you know, the guys around him, whatever it may be, he just doesn't look comfortable. And he's being more reactive than proactive, it looks like. When he's driving to the lane, he's getting downhill. Um, and what I mean by that is that he used to be one of the best in the NBA at manipulating the defense. Uh, he would come around a, a pick, whether it was Clint Capella or somebody else, set him a screen, he'd get downhill, and he'd be able to just move the defenders where he wanted, get to his spots, throw up his lobs, either get to the rim, step back for three. Like, he, he was always one step ahead. This year it looks like he's he's the one reacting to the defense which in the past is not the case because really good pick and roll guys really good pick and roll ball handlers they will react to what the defense is giving them make plays off of that like that's great but the elite guys like the guys like trey young and james harden and um some of the other guys kind of in their their class there those are the guys who they know exactly what they need to go, where to get to their spots to make the defense do what they want to do. Um, so he's not able to manipulate the D like he has been. I mean, we've seen it, you know, here and there at points. Uh, and he's been pretty slow to react to what the defense is giving him. I mean, we, we've we seen he's just not loving, like, the mid-range, which, you know, if he just starts living in that mid-range, teams are giving that to him. That could help open things up. Um but again, he just it doesn't look completely comfortable. One thing I'm wondering is whether or not Nick Claxton will help. He's kind of one of the only real true lob threats that um, the Nets have. I mean, he was out for a non-COVID illness, had to work his, his body back into it. Uh, but he's been back, been back in the last couple of games and showing some of that that lob threat that that Harden has really succeeded with in the past, whether it's Capella um, or whoever, whomever it may be, Harden is really, really comfortable when there's a guy he knows he can just throw it up to the rim and he can go get it. So will Claxton be that guy? We'll see. Um, and I guess dovetailing that Claxton-Harden discussion into a talk about the two most important young guys for the Nets. One, obviously being Claxton for what I said about him with Harden. But the other thing with Claxton is he adds a lot of flexibility for Steve Nash on defense. LaMarcus Aldridge, who we'll get to in a moment, he is great for the Nets, but that's guarding pick and roll and switching and um, being able to cover the perimeter. That's not his game. Against the Mavericks during that comeback, Steve Nash went to he went to Clax as the center instead of Aldridge. And the big reason there is obviously 
Claxon can switch. He could get out on the perimeter. He can defend a little bit. The Nets can kind of play a little bit more freely on defense. Whereas if Aldridge is on the floor, you're going to see Luka Doncic just targeting him and trying to get the switch onto Aldridge and then doing what he does. So I think Claxton kind of provides a little flexibility on defense for the Nets that they were kind of missing earlier. And he also gives maybe James Harden that safety valve that, that he needs to really unlock his, uh, unlock his game. And then the other important young guy is Cam Thomas, who has been really fun to watch. I mean, he's just a scorer's scorer. He's not great at everything quite yet but you can already tell he can be a great scorer. He needs to improve his three-point shooting, especially on this team when, you know, Durant and Harden attract so much attention. Being able to be a catch-and-shoot guy out there rather than just, you know, somebody off the dribble is going to be important for him, but he's a scorer, and that's something that the Nets will need as long as they're missing Kyrie Irving. So I'm definitely excited to see kind of where the, where the rookie ends up going for here because because he's fearless i mean that's the one thing you can definitely tell when you watch him he's he's fearless he thinks he belongs uh, he's talking trash kevin uh, kevin durant which is great um so you know you can tell he he he's kind of got that a little bit so two of the veterans who i have been very impressed with since they came i wasn't expecting much out of lamarcus aldridge i was expecting a lot out of patty mills and they're both delivering Aldridge has been a king of the mid-range, which he has been his whole career. But obviously, Steve Nash and the uh, the coaching staff is empowering him to make those shots. And he, like I said earlier, he, he has his limitations. We kind of all know what they are at this point. He's 36 years old. He's in the twilight of his career. But he can still get a bucket. He can still make that mid-range. He's still long. He can still get that shot over people. So he, he definitely brings something to the table. And for Patty Mills... I mean, he's just as good as it gets when it comes to just that that blur on the outside um, three-point line, just running around screens, catch and shoot. Uh, he's really been able to open up the offense for Durant. Uh, and I know he hasn't been perfect in every game. He kind of can be a little hot and cold, but he's shooting just under 46% from three. I mean, I don't think the Nets can really complain at all about what they're getting out of Patty Mills. Neither guy's a great defender, but I don't think the Nets were signing either to be, you know, huge stoppers on that end. Then the next group I have, it's kind of like the misfit toys. Got Blake Griffin, who's kind of on the outside looking in of the rotation right now. Whether or not he gets back in, I'm sure he will get back in at some point just due to injury and whatnot, but not really working out like we thought it would kind of coming into the season. DeAndre Bembry, he's a guy who's actually working out better than we thought he would come into this season, uh, but he's not exactly the most reliable guy out there. He doesn't shoot the three. He's only he's taking fewer than one three per game, so he's not going to stretch the floor. But he's a good cutter, plays hard, plays with energy. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the guys that the Nets might have to lean on a little bit more as the season goes on. James Johnson is kind of having a nice little stretch here. Uh, whether or not he can sustain, sustain that, we'll see. Bruce Brown, kind of in the same mold as DeAndre Bembry, uh, a wing who can guard a few different positions, can cut, not a great shooter, but brings energy, can do a few different things defensively uh, that the Nets will need going forward. And then Javon Carter, who I just I, I think most people are probably done with him. He just doesn't 
he doesn't bring enough offensively, and that's too bad because he can be a good defender. But it's hard when when you really have zero offense. It's it's hard to find minutes. So out of these five guys, you got Griffin, Bembry, Johnson, Brown, Carter. The Nets are going to need a couple of them to step up because obviously we all know the Nets are missing one big guy, one guy that they have relied on for the last couple of years, um, even longer than that. He's been a big guy, and that's obviously Joe Harris, right? Who did you think I was talking about? But no, Joe Harris, I just wanted to give him a quick mention. Uh, Should be back sometime this season after ankle surgery. Wasn't the worst case scenario that we thought it was when he started to miss some time there. Uh, But the injury to Harris, that just underscores how big the Mills signing was. Bringing in Patty Mills helps add the three-point shooting that the Nets would have almost none if not for him. Uh, aside from Durant, who obviously you don't think of him as a three-point shooter. But with Harris going down, Mills signing him was huge. And when both are healthy, that either gives Nash the ability to always have one of them on the floor, where he always has that one kind of gravitational spacer on the outside, or he can have both, which would really open up different things for Durant, Harden, Aldridge, you name it. And I guess we'll talk about Kyrie Irving a little bit here. We have to, right? He is, I guess, according to that recent news that came out, waiting uh, for a plant-based vaccine. He's as happy as he's ever been with those two things in mind. And I think kind of just knowing what we know about Kyrie and what he's all about prior to this year and um, the whole vaccine kind of... uh, Will he, won't he? I mean, everything we know about Kyrie, I think it's safe to assume he won't be back for some time. It doesn't seem like he's really itching to get back on the court. It doesn't seem like the Nets, their kind of ups and downs are really having any effect on him. But obviously, we have no idea what is really going through his head. I just don't expect anything out of I don't I don't expect him to stay out the whole year. I don't expect him to come back at any time. I, I just have no expectations for what might happen with him. I'd love to see him back on the court. I really would. I mean, he's one of the most exciting electric offensive players in the history of the NBA. One of my favorite players to watch. But at this point, you just you don't know what you're getting out of him at any point. And that kind of brings us back full circle to the beginning. The Nets are first place in the Eastern Conference. If you watch the games, but you didn't really look at the standings ever, and you watched every game up to this point, you'd probably be shocked that the Nets are in first place. They're beating the bad teams. They're beating the good teams. They're losing to the really good teams. Aside from that loss to the Rockets where KD and Aldridge were resting, That's been pretty much the case all year long. I think even if they don't improve from this point, like I think if this is the version of the Nets that they're going to be all year, I think they're a top three or four team in the East. Maybe can win a playoff series. Maybe can stretch it out into Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe Durant is enough to kind of just put the team on his back and push him to the Finals. So they're not a bad team. I don't I don't think anyone should ever say the Nets are bad or they're more underachieving than they are a bad team. But with all that said, there are two 
major wild cards that we talked about. If James Harden can figure it out and he can return to that player that he was just months ago in March where he was winning Eastern Conference Player of the Month, the ceiling will go up. And if Kyrie ever shows up, whether Harden improves or not, if Kyrie just simply shows up and starts playing, the ceiling will go up a ton. So that's pretty much where the Nets at are at right now. The good news is they still have plenty of time to figure it out. I mean, it's not even Christmas yet, and we're already more than 25% of the way through the year. The sky is falling on some nights. On other nights, everything seems okay because Durant makes everyone feel all right by hitting dagger shot after dagger shot. But I think it's going to be a long year for Nets fans. Going to be a lot of wins mixed in there. Going to be some ugly losses. But like I said, they've got time to figure it out. And I think that's where we are at with the Nets right now. Thanks again for listening. Uh, Let me go all the way through solo and kind of just run through some of my thoughts on this Nets team, kind of top to bottom, because I've been doing a little writing on them this year, but it's kind of tough to uh, gather all your thoughts and and put it all together. Uh, Podcasting definitely makes it a little easier for me to do that, and especially just felt like after that loss to the Rockets, it was kind of a a point in the season where we could sit back and reflect. So thank you. If you've made it through this far, please like, subscribe, uh, give it us, give us a five-star rating or give me, I'm the solo host now. So give me a five-star rating here on clean sweep, uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, uh, reach out on Twitter. I'm at DW small eight and go read some of my stuff on the nets, uh, the Knicks and co- local college hoops. I cover it all on elitesportsny.com. So thanks again, and we'll catch you another time.